Oh, this is going to be a good one. You're listening to Pete the Planner. This week on the Pete the Planner show, we answer your money questions. Joining me, uh, like he does many, many times, is the pride of Michiana, Damian Dunn. Where's Michiana? It's like uh, you live near Michigan, right? I do. So sometimes when you live near a border of a state, they combine and make a wuzzle of a name, and you live in Michiana. You also kind of live closer to Ohio, don't you? I do. You? Technically, I'm closer to Ohio. What's that? Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> anyway, we answer money questions on this show, um, and we talk about statehood. Happy Mother's Day, Damien. Happy Mother's Day, Pete. Yeah, this show, of course, is originally airing on Mother's Day, which means most people said, Mom, 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 let's go listen to a financial show. I can't think of anything better. For Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to my mother. And uh, since we don't have the same mother, you should wish Happy Mother's Day to yeah, yours. Yeah, happy, happy Mom's Day, Mom. Nor the same father. Nor the same father. Nor That's any of the same bloodlines. That we know of. Dear Pete, oh, first question is coming from a woman um, with the subject line, adult children leeching from elderly parent. Well, sounds, happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Uh, dear Pete, I recently came across your article from 2016 in... Usa today. Mm, awesome. I think I'm mispronouncing that, I believe. Uh, this topic, helping adult children, is an excruciatingly painful situation for me and my family. My tone is not making light of that, Dame. Noted. Okay. It just sometimes you can't read tone on the yeah. radio. Yeah. You ever do that? You're like, I'm going to send someone an email or a text, but my tone could be misinterpreted, so I'm probably just going to hold it in. Yeah, I've, I've altered many emails. To and, me? Maybe. Okay. Uh, I am one of five, back to the email, I am one of five siblings. One sibling passed away, so there are four of us remaining. Between ages 63 and 52. I would have gone 52 and 63. Three adult males and one adult female. Myself, number four of the five. Our mom is an 85-year-old widow. Her dad passed away at the age of 64 in 97. Mom uh, never obtained her driver's license, so my brothers and I, well, three of us anyway, Transport her to doctor's visits as needed. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Mom's health is not the best. She suffers from profound hearing loss. Where's two hearing aids? Spinal stenosis. You're going to have to Google that. And arthritic knees. Mom has been handling her own financial affairs, a task acquired after my dad passed away. She lives alone in her home that she has occupied since 61. Uh, she receives pension and Social Security. I have been a financially conscious-minded person my entire life. This is kind of a long email. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it all. Does this feel like a two-segment email? Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but probably. Uh, my thoughts on asking how to borrow, on, on to borrow, or be given money by my parents are never ever, even if I became homeless. Okay. Uh, it's a very disturbing concept to me that adult children feel they have the right to ask, beg, demand financial assistance from their parents, and in this case, elderly parent. I'm a married woman with one married adult child. My husband and I worked long and hard all of our lives and saved our hard-earned money to pay outright for our daughter's undergrad college. Uh, Blah. I I say blah, blah, blah dismissively. I'm just trying to move us along. Uh, Mom has been helping all of my adult brothers for years. She's expressed to me at times that she gave X amount of dollars to 
this brother or that brother because they needed it for this or that. And uh, after several years of hearing this, I expressed my thoughts that she should worry about her own well-being as they are adults and should be responsible for their own financial well-being, specifically not live beyond their means, and then go to her for financial assistance. At one point several years ago, I told her that I would call a family meeting with my adult brothers to discuss the situation, but my mom expressed I should not do that uh, as I would cause problems. And plus, she'd have to spring for airfare for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I added that. Uh, recently, she's indicated to me that uh, uh, one of the brothers, uh, that she has only X amount of dollars left, and her comment was, that doesn't go too far. She was referring to her savings IRAs saved from lifetime of years of work of my dad and her. Now, not to be insensitive, however, knowing she continues to give financial assistance to my brothers, my response is, well, please make sure you have enough to fund your own funeral. <laughs> Sounds insensitive. I'm not adding this part. This is the, the emailer. Sounds insensitive, but as you know, the backstory, I had to pull that out there to, I had to put that out to her there to her. I can't read. Her reply to that was, at this time, I do. Shortly after that conversation, my mom gave more money to one of my brothers to pay his rent. This is the brother who recently quit his job. Yes, he quit, not fired. This has been the situation the last two months. He's a married 50-year-old, 52-year-old man with his adult daughter and grandson living with him. Although I'm saddened and disgusted with this situation, I'm guessing my mom may feel a catch-22 situation. If you will, if he can't uh, pay his rent, he will need a place to live, and perhaps he will then ask to live with her. Just a guess on my part with this one, but I say over my dead body, would I actually allow that to happen? We're getting to the end, everybody. Several years ago, that was me saying we're getting to the end, not like... Several years ago, I indicated to my mom that one way to get out of helping would be to tell whoever is asking that I am now handling her financial affairs, and that would sure be an out for her. Needless to say, she wouldn't go for it. Are there any suggestions you may have, Pete the Planner? that I can relay to my mom that would help her say no when one of my brothers asked for her assistance or any other suggestions to help her with ceasing assistance. Thank you kindly, a lady. And that's all we have time. I, I wanted to get it all out there. Actually, really well written. It is. Um, yeah, I see this a lot, man. I, I, I guess I should. I've seen it a lot. A lot. I can tell you names and stories from years of doing this. And each one just stings, sort of stabs at you when you... I've seen this story at the various stages. At the beginning, when it could have been stopped. In the middle, when it was a runaway freight train. And at the end, when it was the disaster it was always going to be. Yeah, And it's... I think it's way more common than people assume. Yeah. I, I can... I think of two situations off the top of my head that are happening right now in, in my circle of, yeah. of acquaintances. Same. And it's, it's not publicized, but it's, it's there. And I think the common denominator is, is that the parent that's giving the money doesn't necessarily not want to give the money. Does, did I give too many negatives in there? Yeah, I'm so confused. At this point in time, it, it, like Ed McMahon's involved. Sorry. Like, uh, they, they're they okay with giving the money. It, yeah. Whether it's out of guilt or responsibility or whatever it is, they, they don't want to say no. Yeah, so I've been thinking about this a lot. This is a two-segment. Oh, who didn't turn off their stuff? Right. It was me. Oh. Um, <laughs> I've been thinking about a lot this recently because... 
uh, as we'll talk in you know this week or next about adult children moving back in with their parents in post-college years, it often often stretches way beyond a 22-year-old. We're talking about a 52-year-old here. And then the other side of this is what happens when mom then needs the financial mm-hmm. assistance of her kids? Because that's just, that's around the corner. Mm-hmm. And short of this woman emailing, no one is capable of helping her uh, uh, mentally, it sounds like, or financially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... <laughs> There's not a good solution, a, a good easy solution for this. This is one of the hardest challenges, problems that that we see and that we try to... I, I can't even use the S word. I can't even say we try to solve because you can't solve it. Mm-hmm. I, I can say this. With age, over the last several years, I've stopped talking so tough about this topic. Mm-hmm. I used to... <laughs> You know, you're you're an up and coming guy. You're like, you know, don't help and blah blah. But now I'm just like, you know what? It's really hard. I, here's what we'll do. We got to take a break because I re- used seven minutes to read an email. <laughs> Nothing like having uh, me read on the show. It was a good segment. Coming up after the break, our new affiliates are going to love the reading of the emails. This is not how it usually goes. Yeah. So anyway, uh, coming up after the break, we're going to dive deeper into this financial assistance of family, uh, especially in the older children, not college kids, but 50-year-olds. All of that is next on The Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Back on the Pete the Planner show, talking awkward family situations on this Mother's Day 2019. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. Dame, uh, in the first segment, I read an email. And now we're to the answer. No, uh, (laughs) we we started to get into it. For those just joining us, a woman, uh, her mother is financially assisting her 50-some-year-old brothers. The mother is 84, and so the sister's concerned that the mom's running out of money and that basically the brothers are leeching off the mom. I can't tell you, Damien, uh, again, for those who are showing us, how common this is. And it's a really hard problem. And you made a really interesting observation during the break. Yeah, it, it's not just the brothers that are um, receiving benefit from this money. Uh, there are multiple generations that are depending on the mom, in this case, for their well-being. I think, and I, I don't remember what it is, but the, the, the one son, or brother in this case, has uh, his daughter living with him. Uh-huh. And her grandchild. And her grandchild. That's four generations. The mom is supporting the mom herself, the mm-hmm. 84-year-old mom, her 50-some-year-old son, mm-hmm. the, the son's daughter, mm-hmm. presumably, and then the daughter's child. Four yeah. generations on someone who seems, frankly, close to insolvent. Yeah, in in the cases that I'm familiar with that we talked about in in the uh, the first segment, maybe you can tell your kid, no, I'm not going to help. But you get grandchildren involved that have no say in the matter, or great grandchildren involved, and man, there's no way that uh, that most people are going to say no because they want to take care of those kids and make sure they're okay. I, you know, I feel like I don't feel like there's anything we can actually do for this emailer. And I don't say that defeat, I kind of do say in a defeated way. I think what we'll do is we'll do our best to try to 
give some tips here, but I think really this is a, a story about how others can prevent this from happening to them, right? Yeah. Now, I think we also need to get out there that I appreciate truly that one person wants to do anything they can to help another person. And at the risk of being completely reductive, I would say um, that attitude only goes so far because had Damien, you never taken your hands off of the bike seat of your kids when they were learning to ride their bike, they would still have training wheels on. And I know that that seems like a stretch from financial assistance of a 50-year-old to letting a four-year-old fall off of a Thomas the Train bike. But the reality is it's not that different because what you're forced to do is you're forced to watch someone make a mistake and have pain be a part of their life, and you were a party to it. Yeah, we, we know the person in this specific situation is employable. He just quit a job. So, yeah, yeah, so he's enabled by the fact that he could do that because mom will take care of him. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the ultimate safety net. Mm-hmm. I think at some point in time, this really becomes about for the future of this family, for the grandchild, you know, living with the mom or whatever, this becomes about um, setting a new standard for how that family does that. We talk about on this show all the time of personal financial standards. What are the rules of your household? You know, in our household, we have three months savings. In our household, we put money in our 401k. In our household, we don't use credit cards. Whatever your standards are, there are no standards here. There are no rules, and it is a free-for-all. It is Lord of the Financial Flies. Yeah, studying the rules is a great place to start. Um, Setting the rules is only part of it, though. It's following through on those rules because if if there's no reason for um, the family to maintain those because they've got an alternative to to step out on those rules, then you're going to find out you're going to be right back where you are right now. So there has to be some impetus. There has to be some shove or nudge to get them to and not only establish the rules, but maintain those rules yeah. as they're going. Well, here's the here's the ultimate challenge to that idea, which, by the way, is a great idea in in, pra- in theory, but not in practice, because the opportunity to fail safely went away when these guys were in their 20s. When you're in your 50s, there's too much to risk. I mean, that, that's sort of the glory of generations is that when you're 20 and you're, you let your kid fail, as you should, mm-hmm. they don't fall far. Yeah. There's, not, it's not, there's no distance to fall. When you're in your 50s and you're supporting two more generations behind you, dude, that's a lot to risk. Yeah, I, and you're right. I, I love the concept of uh, really trying crazy things when you're young because that's you've got so little to lose at that point. Our, our daughters are about the same age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know when we assist our daughter with her homework that sometimes, personally, uh, I tend to let her make mistakes so that she can learn from them as opposed to muscling through the answer. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I don't want her to mooch off me when she's in her 50s. But on some level, I know that she's going to have to fail, right? Yeah. We just had a very similar situation uh, with our daughter. Uh, She performed way below her capabilities on a math test at school. 
and what she normally does. And so the, the, her teacher assumed that she misunderstood something and let her retake the test. Oh, you talked about this with me. Yeah. And it that tur- drove me nuts. And it turns out she just wasn't paying attention. Yeah. I, so it feels like the st- we're way off topic, but you know, it feels like stakes are so high in education today and teachers do such a good job that sometimes when it comes to your kids' grades and performance, you feel like you can't allow them to learn the real lesson because of how it'll impact their placement in particular classes and things. That drives me bonkers. Yeah. And I, my, when my wife texted me that this was all going down, my, my initial response was, let her fail that one. It's yeah. okay. It's, she's in third grade. Yeah. Nope. Nobody's going to go back and check her transcripts to see how she did on a, I might. the fourth test on her third grade year. But I wanted the, the deeper lesson to be learned there. Do you think uh, our one listener will think it's a stretch that talking about third graders failing tests um, is related to a 52-year-old man mooching off his mom? I, I, I'm going to be as bold as to very frankly say I don't think it's a stretch because I think it's in the same category. Yeah, I don't think it's a stretch at all. I think we're, I think we're very cleverly tying a few things together. You're calling me clever today. It's very generous of you. Thank you. Um, so I, here's the thing, emailer. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I am, I'm, I'm stumped not by your question. I'm stumped by the cultural problem that this is. I, I think the question the, the person that sent the email in has to answer, has to be honest with themselves about is, what does her mom really want to do? Yeah, but see, I, I let me speak for the emailer. What's going to end up happening is the emailer may financially be forced mm-hmm. to, to deal with her mom or deal with the guilt that comes with ignoring her elderly mother. Yeah, I... Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of layers to this, but if if the mom would rather just give the money, but the person who wrote the email wants to blow that up, I mean, now you're adding a whole other layer of conflict inside of that. See, I, I would say, to me, the the step I would take is I would have the sister talk to the brothers, leave mom out of it, just make a personal plea to the brothers mm-hmm. that here's the math of it, mom's going to be broke, and what are you going to do? Like, try to... yeah. But man, I have a, a sister who I'm close to, and it's uh, doesn't live far from me. We get along great. But it's funny as you get older with siblings, no matter how close you are, you become two different adults, and sure. it's harder to talk about the topics that were once easy. And I think with this particular situation, I mean, that's a really it's a really tough. So if you want us to not answer your question well. Email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. Dame, let's do this. After the break, let's come back and do, this will help, rules for new college grads moving back in with mom and dad. That is next right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Back on the Pete the Planner show, it's Mother's Day. It's the Family and Money Awkward Situation Edition, starring my non-relative Damian Dunn. Hey, Pete. Hi, buddy. Uh, okay, 
so column number 321. I just number my columns in uh, my writing uh, areas. I don't know what that means. This is number 321 for USA Today. And uh, it came out a couple weeks ago. And it is about boomerang season. It's boomerang season, buddy. Duck. I know. So uh, we threw these kids out of the house four years ago, um, August-ish. And then now May, June, four years later, they graduate from these colleges and universities and they come back and they say, ah, I'm burdened with student loans and need somewhere to live. And then you say, first of all, why are you talking like that? And then they say, I don't know. It's how I learned it. And B, they need, they need to live with you. This is going to be fun. <laughs> okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the rules you have to set uh, as a young person and as the young person's support system if they move back in with you. I'm going to say something drastic and bold and very dramatic. If you do not set rules like we are suggesting, you will end up like the 80-year-old woman assisting her 52-year-old children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. So pay attention. So pay attention, Tyler. I don't know. I assume there's a kid named Tyler listening. Okay, rule number one of moving back in with your parents. Do you know? I, I have the rules here. I wrote them. Do you know? You've read this. I have. You don't remember it. I remember one of them. Okay. Well, let's see if you get ahead of ourselves. Go ahead. Let's ruin the show. What do you got? Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Uh, one of them was to set a time period on the amount of uh, the length that you'd be at home. Set a move out date. Yeah. We'll take it. Circle gets the square. Thank you. Set a move out date is rule number one. So, Damien, um, who wants to be the dad here? You or me? I. Uh, how about I'm the dad? What? I'm the dad. You're older. <laughs> yeah, but apparently not by uh, by looks. Okay. Okay. I'm the dad. You're my daughter. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. Here we go. You are 22. You just studied. Uh, women's studies. Women's studies at a local university, and I'm a dad. I'm in middle management. Great. You're about to move back in with me. Um, it is June 1st. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Darian, when are you moving out? Uh, I can't do that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, use your regular voice. You just got a deeper voice. Yeah. Um, when am I moving out? I, whenever I get the money to move out in my own place. Let's do this. I think you can live here for uh, one year. One year? Yes. I, have you seen my student debts? <clears throat> I have, and we're going to help you put a plan together to figure that. Here's the deal. If you don't set a move-out plan, something nasty happens, uh, you never move out. I, I don't want that. And plus, the bigger issue is that you, uh, if, you're, if you do not set a rule for your child, not only will they not move out, but they will not do the things financially that allows them to move out, which is the bigger issue. Yeah, sorry, I didn't realize mm-hmm. we broke character. Sorry, no, we I broke character. You were still going. I was yeah, like, was. you're really enjoying this rule. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the issue, is that people don't do what it takes financially, which is the second rule is... Uh, I've got to find the second rule. The second rule... Damien, what's the second rule? You wrote them. I know, but i got to find them. Oh, this is awkward. <laughs> uh, how long you can you live with your parents? The second rule... Okay, here's the second rule. Begin paying back your student loans immediately. Oh, yeah. Like immediately. Yep. Why, why couldn't I remember that? I don't know. That's pretty basic. It is pretty basic. Like but, immediately. But basic for us, but 
you've a lot of a lot of people get that that six month period where they can you know grace period grace period, and they think fantastic. I'm going to go out and start establishing my lifestyle and, and get figuring everything out. Get on my feet. I'm going to use all this money to buy stuff and things and. And all of a sudden, that six months is over, and you've got to squeeze in a student loan payment, and you're in trouble. My uh, biggest fear for people in this situation is that they establish their lifestyle before they establish their student loan payment. Mm -hmm. That is a horrendous mistake that will cost you years of your financial life. So here's how it works. You call up your lenders, and you say, what does it cost, uh, my payment-wise, to be out of debt in 10 years mm -hmm. and they will give you that payment and you make payment number one the month you move back in with mom and dad the other issue to this is um you should also make an additional payment during that time frame this whenever you live with mom and dad not only must you establish um, what your base payment is what we just said but rule number three is that you figure out where you want to live other than with mom and dad and what it costs to live there. And then you make that amount of payment in addition to the standard payment. So Damon, here's the example. Let's say that your payment is $300 a month, standard payment to repay your student loans. And you want to live on your own and uh, it's gonna cost an apartment or and, and then utilities and all their stuff's gonna be a total of 750 bucks. What I'm saying to you is that your payment to your student loan while you live at home with your parents should be $1,050. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking what every young person would think, that's a lot of money. I'll have no money left over to do anything. That's what your life's going to look like when you live on your own. Yeah, that's the whole point. If you exhale upon graduation because you've got your first substantial relative income, and then you use it to create this unrealistic lifestyle, you will never move out from your parents, you will never pay off your student loans, and you will compromise both of your financial lives for years to come. Yeah, welcome to adulthood where the opportunities are many and the real decisions are icky. That seemed like, like a really awful Hallmark card. <laughs> Can you imagine if like someone graduated? Did you say icky on the radio show? Unless it's relation, uh, related to icky woods. I've never thought we would say anything was icky on no. here. You're welcome. You're happy a dad. Mother's Day. Oh, is that icky? Um, happy Mother's Day. We'll just keep saying that on the show. Yeah. Well, you know, my mom's not listening right now. Mine either. Good. Um, it is funny though when people say, "I heard, I heard your son on the show," and then she tells me that, and she gets very excited. I wonder if they'll mention this episode to her. Probably not. Okay. Um, you know, in the last segment, we, we were dealing with a situation, again, that, that is related to this. Someone who is in their 80s, financially assisting a son in his 50s, numerous sons in their 50s. And, and we tried not to talk tough there because it's just a, it's a helpless situation now. But I'll be honest, Dame, I'm not too worried about talking tough to, to this situation because this is how you prevent the other situation. Yeah, there's still a lot of learning and experience that can go on here. And we talked in the previous segment about... Uh, Failing's okay, especially when you're in your 20s. So do your best that you can now. Get uh, Set yourself up to succeed once you move out from your parents' house. And if for some reason something goes sideways, there's still time to recover from it. One additional note for parents in this situation. Um, some parents 
want people to or want people to live rent free with them or they want their kids to pay rent and i don't think that's a good idea either of those things if the kid has student loans i think what you need to do is to say figure out what it costs to live in this area and you have to make that additional payment for the student loans that is in the parents' best interest. It's in the kids' best interest. If you are letting your kid live with you rent-free and they're not paying on their student loans extra to the point of what it would cost to live on their own, they will never move out and they will ruin your life. Yeah. yeah it's, you're in not, their life. You're not helping either party in this situation by doing that. There's certain scenarios and demographics that I look at and I think, if this person just did this, they'd be fine. This is... I love talking to 22-year-olds about their money because I feel like I can set them on the right track. But more importantly, I want to be able to talk to their parents. The parenting isn't done yet. Hmm. You need to make sure that the kid does not create this financial lifestyle that is you know, unsustainable. And that's the concern. So uh, if you want to read more about this, go to usatoday.com, search Pete the Planner and just don't read the comments. Oh. Coming back after the break, biggest waste of money of the week and financial current events. That's all next. I'm Pete the Planner. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner show is... Damien, do you want to do yours first? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we've seen Thor's hammer transformed into a meat tenderizer, allowing you to soften up the toughest pieces of steak with the raging wrath of Asgard. And while that's fun, swinging a hammer can get old after a bit. When you find yourself needing a change of pace, how about wrecking those meat fibers with this Infinity Gauntlet meat tenderizer instead? That's right. You can now tenderize your meat with Thanos' gauntlet, giving you the ability to soften up an erstwhile unchewable slice of chuck with seething anger of extraterrestrial nihilist. I'm in. I want it. How much? 20 pounds. It weighs 20 pounds? No, it's it's from England, so it says 20 pounds. So oh. the exchange rate, it's, you know, it's close. It's close. 20 bucks. 20, 20 30 18, bucks. 20 bucks probably mm -hmm. right now. I'm in. I have got this Avengers thing going right now. I used to not care that much, but I'm really into it. I haven't seen the, Cassie and I. I think we've determined to go see the new movie this I wanna, weekend. Yeah. Oh, well, don't ruin it for me. Here's my biggest waste of money of the week. The clandestine stash book. Some valuables need to be kept safe and secret. This stash book is the perfect option, made with a velvet interior that provides a soft landing spot for watches, a bottle of booze, or a rock hammer for tunneling to freedom. Best of all, the concrete manual title helps disguise the book even more, creating an extra level of apathy for even the most curious visitors. So, Damien, what this is, it's it's like a leather-bound book. like like It's just like a boring book you'd have on your shelf, but it's hollowed out, mm -hmm. so you can store things in it. It's $45. For a... a Book with a hole in it. Book with a hole in it, $45. That Could, doesn't make any sense. Couldn't you make one yourself? And Absolutely. Okay, just curious. I mean, you could make one yourself. I couldn't. I'm not very handy. But, yeah. for, I mean, that's a giant waste of money, right? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, it's no Thor's hammer or uh, Thanos' Infinity Gauntlet meat tenderizer. I, can I make a sort of a bougie comment here? Please. I never buy meat that needs tenderized. 
I always well, jeez. <laughs> I always feel like the cuts I'm buying don't need to be tenderized. Oh, I buy expensive meat. Look, I like good meat. All right, next uh, from USA Today. Actually, it's through Nerd Motley Fool. The average American spends almost eighteen thousand dollars a year on non-essentials. All right, what is more non-essential: a Thanos gauntlet meat tenderizer or the stash book that hides things? I gotta go with. Oh man! Do you have a hiding place <laughs> where you hide things in your house? Yeah, it's called a safe. Yeah, that's a good place to hide things, yeah. but it's more than forty dollars. Yeah. 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 Here's a here's a question. Do you feel like more rural? Remember, we can't say that word on <laughs> yeah. this show. Go ahead, you give your shot. Rural. Oh, that was pretty good. Have you been practicing? I have. Do you feel like more rural folks have safes, or more people that live in uh, urban or suburban areas have safes? <clears throat> I have a theory. I'd say urban people have safes. I totally disagree. I think more uh, country dwellers. Think so? Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why I think urban people do. I don't know. It's really weird. I wonder what the truth is. Maybe I'll Google it. Someone later. knows and they'll be the truth is safe Sa- with us. Safe makers know. Uh, do you think people waste $18,000 a year on non-essentials? That's $1,500 a month on non-essentials. I guess we're going to have to define what non-essentials are. That seems like a lot to me. Here are the non-essential items. Restaurant meals. Okay. Yeah. It says the average American spends $209 a month on... Man, non-essential. Non-essential is a really broad category. Yeah. It also has drinks. I mean... Uh, they don't work with you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're going to need it. Takeout or delivery. This is all... That's buy, That's... Yeah. Buying lunch. Okay, so the first four categories of this $1,800 that people waste a... a or 18000 they waste a year, 1500 a month. Drinks, takeout and delivery, buying lunch are the first four things. And restaurant meals. Uh, mm. Impulse purchases. Okay, well... Ride shares. What? How? How is a ride share non-essential? I don't know. I, I mean, I guess if you've got a car, maybe it's. But even, I don't know. That makes no sense, dude. Because let's say I'm flying. I'm flying to Kansas City next week. I think I don't know. Two weeks. No one knows. No one cares. Actually, no one cares at all. And I'm taking a, a ride share mm-hmm. from the airport. How is that a waste of money? Maybe they just expect you to get some exercise. You're, you continue your uh, going to walk to Overland Park from the airport. Your million days of exercise from the Mike Brady Memorial Airport in Kansas City. Ooh, Mike Brady. Well, you know, the Carol Brady Terminal. Well, it seems like he designed it. It's like from the 1970s. Oh, I see. It's a joke. Uh, personal grooming Who's is a non-essential. I guess. I mean, you and I feel that way. We have shaved heads. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're getting, you know, spending 20 bucks a month on a haircut. Subscription 20. boxes. Yeah, of course that's non-essentials. Cable. I, You know, I don't want to be rude here. But you're going to be. I hate this list. <laughs> this is dumb. Cable, online shopping, gym classes or membership, paid apps, TV or movie streaming services, music streaming. Coffee, bottled water. What are we, a bunch of monks living in a mountain? Yes. Can we not buy anything? No. I, I, there's this like, people think I'm like this frugal guy. They're like, oh, Pete, he helps people 
learn to pack their lunch. It's like, if you need to, speaking of what to make to put in your face, um, here are some meals professional chefs. That was a heck of a segue. That was a transition right there. I feel like this whole show, has this Mother's Day special, has really been about transitions. Yes. Yes. Would make it, uh, here's what professional chefs would make if they had just 10 minutes and $2. I love this. This is from Gold Star Gale, um, one of our financial concierges here at Your Money Line. Gold, everyone loves Gale. Rightfully so. Yeah, she's wonderful. Anyway, she sent us to it, uh, sent this to us. Uh, Cacio e Pepe is dish number one. Have you ever had the old Cacio e Pepe? No, I can't even pronounce it. Oh, it's delicious, my friend. It's uh, basically just uh, pasta that you add cheese and pepper to, because that's what cacio e pepe is, cheese and pepper. Oh. Yeah, so you put just, uh, you know, some Parmesan or some Romano and just black pepper and and butter, of course, uh, with noodles. It costs basically nothing to make, as long as assumingly you have some cheese at home. Yeah. Uh, It's delicious. The crazy thing is if you have a cacio e pepe at like a really high-end restaurant, it's still relatively cheap and, and it might be one of the best pasta dishes you've ever had in your life. Really? It's essentially like homemade high-end mac and cheese. Huh. It's delicious. And because I'm a wino, it is one of those perfect dishes for wine. I mean, perfect. I was going to ask if you had something to pair with it. Uh, just about anything pairs well with it. I mean, it is like... The most wine-friendly dish ever, speaking of waste of money. Elevated Italian bread. What's that? Well, that's... Okay, we're... Basically, you make garlic bread is one of the things here. Garlic bread's good. I love garlic bread. I don't know if it's a meal. Right. I mean, that's sort of a cheating thing. Here, pasta with ham and peas. Mm. I do love pasta. And I love pasta with prosciutto and then fresh peas that like, fro- well, mm-hmm. frozen peas. And you put them on top, mm-hmm. they, they thaw out a little bit. That's delicious, especially in the spring. How is it that I now list my age as I like peas? I've always liked peas. Really? Yeah. And lima beans. I hate lima beans. And I'm not a food, like, sensitive guy. Like, I'll eat anything. Like, I, 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 I'll eat lima beans, but I don't care for them. Love peas. Omelet stuffed with leftovers over toast. You know, one night, Mrs. Planner and I uh, had not eaten dinner, and the kids already had because they had sports and things. And we made we had some avocado and uh, some other stuff. We made just omelets? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's the way. To, and it's not even like a breakfast for dinner, like a B for D situation. It was just like, it was like an elevated omelet. It's delicious. Nice. Um, and then finally, leftovers turned into gourmet quesadillas. Feels, this all feels very Rachel Ray-ish at this point. Sure. All right, show's over. If you want to be on the show, you can't be. If you want to email us, do so. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. That's all we have time for this week. Sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is my show. And then do-